Judicial Act of Game Week, Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. I'm Dave McCann. The Cougars open the season Saturday night in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium against Arizona in front of a full house. And we've got a full hour of football news ahead for you. Our pleasure always to welcome Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick. We'll be joined by Defensive Coordinator Elisa Tuiaki and Assistant Head Coach and Safeties Coach Ed Lamb a bit later. So here we go. Welcome. You woke up today and it's finally the week of the weeks we've been waiting for. Yeah, game week. The, uh, you sleep good last night or did you think about the first play you're going to call? Didn't sleep at all. Not at all? Not at all. No, it's, uh, you know, this time of year, I don't sleep. I don't <laughs> sleep well. I, I um, can't stop thinking about the game. Usually, that, that's pretty much every week for the next 12 weeks. No kidding. So the theme of the I, week is no sleep. I, I struggle with sleep during the season because I usually can't turn my brain off just thinking about the, the game and what you know what what things we can do to win. I know when I wake up around like 3:30 or 4 with an idea, that's it for me. You know, there's yeah. no there's no putting that idea back to bed. Uh, but you don't even get to 4 a.m. You're, you're thinking about the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I, I do sleep, but I, I, str I, I struggle to sleep during the season, yes. You looked like a man so relieved last week when you announced Jaron Hall as the starting quarterback. Big smile on your face. Yeah. I know it was because guys like me would stop asking you who's yeah. the starting quarterback, but also you're excited about this quarterback. Yeah, I am. And what I was really excited about is that he made the decision for us by how he played in practice. You know, it wasn't like, um, you know, he, he just he proved it on the field. And that was that was exciting because the other guys played really well as also. But we just felt like Jaron made it clear that he deserves this opportunity. So what does he bring to the table to help you execute your playbook? Uh, well, he, he's a really accurate passer. He's got great touch and a, uh, a strong arm and he's He's very accurate on the mo on the move, but he can throw from the pocket. And then, uh, of course, he's he's a good athlete. But the thing that showed out most about Jaron this this fall was just a, he seemed like a veteran player who's been in the program four years now. He sh he just showed a lot of control and mastery over what we're trying to do in all situations. I'm going to ask him this question for our uh, pregame show Saturday in Vegas on Countdown to Kickoff. But him sitting out all year and watching Zach Wilson, what do you hope he learned? Yeah, well, I, ho I hope he learned a lot. <laughs> uh, basically, what I just mentioned, he he seemed this fall to be more in control of the two-minute drills. Um, you know, knowing when to just take a bad play and get rid of the ball and, and live with play the next down. Um, just the way he managed all the situations that we practiced. Um, he took great care of the ball in practice and had the most explosive plays of, of our other you know QBs and and just thought that, you know, I, th I think he really picked up a lot last year from being able to step away from the game and, and observe and get, him, get himself healthy. He's had a lot, a lot of off-the-field decisions that, that maybe has um, <clears throat> sent his maturity level into warp speed. There, there was a, him, he and his wife had a baby. Yeah. Uh, he, he pulled away from baseball to focus on football. And he also pulled away from contact to get his head right. The last time we saw him, it was his second concussion in, in as many starts about a year and a half ago at Utah State. Uh, has that helped him, as you say, when he took the field in the fall camp, the field is moving slower, plays are moving slower, and he's a little more in charge? Yeah, I think just that comes with time. The more, you, the more football you play, the more the game slows down. And Zach showed that last year. You know, you compared to his freshman year to last year, I mean, he was, he was playing the game at, at a different speed than everybody else. And Jaron has shown a lot of that ability this fall. 
And I think the time away to get healthy was a big part of that. Um, and then also just the time in the program has, has been played a huge role. When he backs up and decides to take off, and you know he's about to get a hit, yeah. will you just be a little bit nervous about the post-collision as he gets up and goes back to the, uh, the huddle because of what you've seen the last little bit? I'm really not that worried about it. I think, you know, uh, the two times he, he got hit in the past, I thought one was very fluky. Uh, it, was, it was, wasn't really a hard hit. It was just a strange, a strange thing. And, and the other one uh, happened, you know, it was more of hitting his head on the ground, which right. can happen to anybody. You know, that's just part of the game. Unfortunately, that can happen. So I'm not worried about it. Um, and I think as much as I love baseball and I loved him playing baseball, I think it was really hard on his body. Uh, the, you know, just going every day from practice, football practice to baseball practice, and back and forth year round, I think took a, a real toll on his body. One thing Mike Littlewood, the baseball coach, told us is uh, he can hit the ball and he can cover center field and has a great future there if he were to look at baseball, but his love is football and he made that perfectly clear to, to give it up. Um, the team's reaction now, you've been at practice, we have, and the team's reaction to the, the official, hey, you're the guy, you're leading us into the fight on Saturday, what's it been like? Well, I, I think, you know, the players respect Jaron for the fact that he earned it on the field, and that's what happens at every other position on the team. And so I think their reaction to him has been the same as it would be to any other guy who earns his job. And it isn't that they, you know, they, isn't they, they, they'll play hard for any quarterback that's right. in there, but I think they just saw him earn it. I think Mike Empey was talking about, um, or James Empey, sorry, was talking about uh, that they were fine with whoever was the quarterback. In fact, during drills, they wouldn't even look to see who it was. Uh, and that, that's true with, with your arsenal, with Baylor Romney and, and uh, Jacob Conover uh, behind Hall. How do you feel about that? We've seen yeah. Romney do just fine. It's a luxury. Baylor is a proven guy. I mean, he's, he's won big games for us, played really well in some big games. So, yeah, there's no hesitance at all to use him. Uh, and, and Baylor is such a class act and a great competitor that we know he's ready at any moment, and then I've been impressed how fast he gets the ball out. He makes a decision and he, does. That's it. his best. That's his best trait. Is he's a fast decision maker with a quick release, and he does not hold the football. Yeah. And Conover, uh, a young guy, hasn't been in combat per se since high school, although he was your scout team quarterback last year. Yeah. What? What, uh, what about him? And what does he do to stay mentally into it? knowing that, that there's Hall and Romney ahead of him. He has a really bright future, and uh, there's a saying in our staff room that when Conover's in there, something is exciting is going to happen. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it hasn't always been good, and sometimes it's been amazing. He, he's, but he's getting better every day, and he makes a lot of big plays. He's, he's got a really bright future, and I'm looking forward to when his day comes. All I know is whenever I ask you or Coach Sataki about him. You smile before you answer. Yeah. That seems to it's speak volumes. He makes a couple of wow plays every day, and uh, you know. And so now, what we're just trying to do is sort of weed out those rookie mistakes and some of those things that just come with youth. You know, he's working his way through those. But uh, as long as he continues on the path he's on, he's got a really bright future. You can use him for four games yeah. and preserve yeah. that redshirt season. Sure, and we're not even thinking redshirt at this point. Right now, everybody's up to play if they okay. need to, and. And um, you know we're pulling for Jaron to have a great season, but we're ready if if uh, if ne if need be. We can we got two other good guys. Well, let's look at the numbers from last year. Zach Wilson, the Cougars go 11 and one, finished the regular season ranked number 11 in the country. Um, and here you are, first in yards per play. This is in the country, number six in total offense, eighth in passing offense. 
you see these numbers and what direction do you want to go? Where do you build uh, heading into this season? Well, the, I, I just keep reminding our players that a lot of people say that stuff doesn't count, you know, so we got to we have something to prove this year. We've got a pretty big chip on our shoulder. You know, the, I'm, I'm saying that facetiously. Sure. That was. Uh, but I know it's true. Those and those were, guys say are the first to say, hey, we, we blew out Boise State, I, hammered I, Houston. I would still argue that that schedule was as difficult as anything that the the teams of the 80s and the 90s played. Yeah. And um, but, you know, our players have been hearing it a whole year that it didn't count. And so now we get to go prove it. And if we, we can go prove something like that against this schedule, then then we can say for sure that we've accomplished something. One stat that jumped off the page from last year, 69 touchdowns. There was one defensive pick six from Isaiah Kafusi. Yep. 34 rushing touchdowns and 34 passing touchdowns. Yeah, that's and that's by design. We want to be a balanced offense, and um, we will we'll, we'll strive for balance every week. It, it won't be 50-50 every game, but um, we want to be a team that has the ability to, to attack you both ways. All right, be with us tomorrow as we continue our game week coverage on After Further Review. We put a few headliners in our spotlight, including Tyler Algier. That starts at 7 East, 5 Mountain on the BYU TV app and BYUtv.org. And then again Saturday morning, game day at 7 Eastern on BYU TV after further review. Coming up, we're going to look at the weapons Coach Roderick has in his arsenal that are eager to hit the field Saturday night. You're in the Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's, the Burger Boys. Wilson steps up, throws a little off balance, lofts it up. What a catch on the near side. Oh, my goodness. Obini Katoa with the catch of the night. Katoa, this is nasty. Look at him lay out for this thing and get almost parallel to the line, of, to the field and go get that thing. Oh, man, Katoa. Stunning every time we see that play. Welcome back to the Coordinator's Corner. I'm Dave McCann with BYU Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick. Gone from last year, Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos both spent a lot of time on the offensive line. Daryl Funk is here anchoring the offensive line this year. The guys love him. It doesn't seem like you missed a beat. Yeah, Daryl's done a great job just picking up where, where those guys left off. He didn't change anything. Um, we're still running the exact same offense, same O-line calls. Uh, everything's just stayed the same, and he's an excellent coach. We've been at practice. Those guys are those guys are behemoths. Yeah. Gone are the yeah. gone are the guys like you and me. They walk yeah. by and it looks like an NFL line. Yeah, I had an NFL scout at practice last week tell me that he thought Tyler Algier was a lot smaller than he really was, and he said, "Now I see your old line in person." He goes, "He's taller than I thought, because your old line is so tall." You know, the Jets media asked me that in the offseason. They're going, "Do you think Zach's tall enough?" Yeah. I'm like, "Well, he's playing behind an NFL-sized line. Yeah, and seems to do just fine." Yeah, we. I don't know if anybody has a taller offensive line than us, but I'd, probably not. Zach Wilson was a special player with him gone. As you, you mentioned a moment ago, the approach, is it the exact same, or do you tinker around here, I want to do this instead? Yeah, we're mostly running the same offense. That, you know, we'll always have a few tweaks uh, up our sleeve each week, and, and, um, but I thought it was important to keep the continuity of what we've been doing intact, and then we'll have enough answers for you know, things people do to try to stop us. Quarterbacks, best friends, a running back. Yes. Of course, then the line, tight ends, and receivers, it all seems to blend in together. But let's talk about Tyler Algier. 1,100 yards plus last year. His first real year yeah. as a running back in your system. He looks ripped and ready to go. Yeah, it's a great story. I mean, a walk-on guy who has 
you know, uh, earned his opportunity and took advantage of it when he got it. And he's a, he's a great kid and um, couldn't be more excited for a guy than I am for him. He's in great shape and he's ready to roll. Uh, I heard somewhere around a 4.5 in the 40 the other day. Is that accurate? Yeah, he's fast and he, it shows up on film. He's got breakaway speed. And, uh, and he's a big guy who can break tackles. And um, he's got an NFL future if he stays healthy. So he comes here, and he's like sixth on the depth chart. So he goes over to linebacker. Yeah. Has nine tackles against Boise State, a, a team high. The next year, he's back at running back, and he runs for 100 and something yards against Boise State. The Boise State's completely confused as to what Tyler Algier yeah. brings to the table. But uh, as you'd mentioned, such an amazing story. And we'll get into that as the season goes on with, with why he is here and what he's doing. But his tag team partner, Lapini Katoa, he ran for 444 yards and five touchdowns. Caught 23 passes, including that one we opened the, the segment with at the, at the bowl game, which was phenomenal. Yeah. But this is an interesting one-two punch. Yeah, and that, we consider them co-starters. I mean, Tyler had more rushing yards, but Peeney's a really important part of our team. He could start for a lot of teams. He's a good ball carrier in his own right, and he's a great all-around football player. How different is he from Algier that gives you a change-up immediately and, and confuses the defense? Well, he's actually he's similar enough that we don't have to change offenses because he's a good ball carrier and he does all the things Tyler does well. But uh, he's a little bit better receiver than Tyler. He's a really good route runner. And um, he, he does some things. There are some differences, yes. How about this? When you saw this, what did you think? That's a, that's, a, that's a wide receiver type of play right there. And, and um, you know, he's, he's a really important part of this team. I hear these numbers again. 13 touchdowns for Algier, five on the ground for Lapini. Again, we mentioned he had a few through the air. Seven and a half yards a carry, 5.3 yards a carry. If you have two backs that can do that, you're going to go 11 and 1. Yeah, and they both have great size. You know, that's another thing is both of them can break tackles, they can block. Um, you know, we don't have to do anything uh, with one that we can't do with the other. When we're at practice and we see your running backs running through their drills, there's uh, Hinkley Rapati, there's Miles Davis, there's Jackson McChesney, there's a few other guys after that. This is a full stable of guys ready to go, just waiting for you to put them in the game. Yeah, that's been one of the most interesting parts of camp has been who's going to be the next guy up. And it's been a, that's probably been the best position battle maybe on our whole team. Really? Who is the next guy up? Well, it, it, we're still, uh, we'll see. But I think, you know, Jackson McChesney's had a great camp. Hinkley's had a great camp. Uh, it's been really fun to watch Mason Fakahua learn to play running back. He was a quarterback, so he's still learning the position. But he's got a really bright future. He's big and fast. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of options there. Rapati is an interesting story. He was going to play last year and, and blew out his knee in camp. And uh, he was coming from JC, so he just left, rehabbed the knee. And, and a lot of us were thinking, well, he was going to get a lot of carries last season with the nature yeah. of the way those games went. Yeah, he was a big, he was, he was early on, he was showing a lot of good things, and he's done, done that again this fall. And um, I've liked him since high school. He was, a, he was actually a wide receiver in high school, and then he just got really big on his mission. <laughs> so now, now he plays running back, but... Uh, now he's a truck. Yeah, he's a good player. All right, let's talk about your receivers. Might be the deepest group BYU's had, you could maybe say ever, in school history. BYU's had great receivers, but this pool is a is deep in receiver, and let's take a look at him. But we're talking about Gunnar Romney, Neil Powell, who might be the best receiver of all of them. We've heard great things from him. Samson Nakua, Puka Nakua, Keanu Hill, and the list goes on and on. Yeah, Gunnar made a lot of big plays last year and the year before. He's, he's been starting since his freshman year. 
I expect great things out of him. And then I, th I think Neil was the most underrated player on our team last year. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure why he doesn't get mentioned more often, but uh, he's an excellent football player. And then we've added a couple new players, the Nakua brothers, and then some young guys that are really coming along. I heard Sampson on the radio today talking about he's going to be, he's slowed by a hamstring. Uh, they had different conditioning, not being in school in the offseason. Yeah. And uh, he said he's back ready to go for Saturday. Puka's coming along and, and will be, uh, if not Saturday, soon. Uh, but those two guys bring you some local flavor uh, that, that fans, at least in the Utah County area, have been, you know, hearing about for years. Local or not, they both bring some flavor for sure. <laughs> those guys have a lot of personality. Uh, they bring toughness. I love the way those guys practice. Both of them practice so hard. Um, you got to you have to dial those guys back, and uh, which is a good 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 problem to have. Here's Samson at work. What do you like about him? Samson um, is just a, a really great all-around player. He makes plays on the ball. Uh, he he can go up and high point the ball. And there's Puka. And, and Puka just has great explosiveness. He's a big play threat every snap. And, uh, but Samson, I just love his competitiveness and the way he competes for the ball in the air. Uh, it's, it's something you can't really teach. Some guys just have that. During practice one day, I asked you if, uh, if the toughest job would be to decide your rotation, and you said yes without hesitation. Yeah, and, but the good thing is that receiver is a position where you can rotate guys in and out of the game, keep fresh legs in there, and those guys all get it, they, and they, they want to win. They want to win games, and so they know that Playing fast every snap is the most important thing. Historically, when BYU's been really good, the tight end position has been really good. It was yeah. last year uh, with Isaac Rex, uh, All-American freshman, 12 touchdowns. No one caught more at the tight end spot in the country last year than he. And, and he was the backup for Matt Bushman, who was injured late in camp. I remember when, yeah. when Matt got hurt on AFR, we're like, well, I wonder what's going to happen. Where do they go? And you go to Rex and Rex dominates as a freshman and uh, and then Dallin Holker and the guys behind him we got Mason Wake who's a fullback yep. slash tight end and and um, and and Wheat as well tell us about this spot yeah it's a it's a position of strength for us and uh, Isaac didn't didn't surprise me at all what he did last year yeah. I I was expecting that even before Bushman got hurt I thought Bushman would have 10 or 12 touchdowns and I thought Isaac would too really yeah he, he played that well in camp and um, I've just known him a long time and thought thought he would have that kind of season and um, I expect a lot of production out of that group. You get down inside the five yard line and that lob pass to your 6'6 yeah. tight end I think worked almost every time last season and it does it really even matter how good the DB is if he's 5'11 and your tight end 6'6? Yeah that's I mean he's a big guy and he's he, similar to Samson he, he has a knack for going up and catching it at the highest point and um, you can talk about that but it's it's like rebounding in basketball some guys just know how to go get 20 rebounds and yeah. and uh, he's one of those guys that has a knack for going and getting the ball the Dennis Rodman of yeah. the, of yeah, the squad. yeah that's, that's uh, it's part of playing that position how about Dallin Holker we've heard amazing things yeah. he's back from his mission but but uh, he's come back with a different mission body than than others yeah it looks like he worked out for two <laughs> years straight instead of, I don't know what he was I, we tease him about what we don't know what you were doing out there for two years but came back with uh, like single digit body fat and he's uh, he's there he is he's a specimen he, um, and a, just a hard worker great kid um, he's definitely gonna play for us how often uh, will you have these two in the game at the same time well we play with two tight ends quite a bit so between those two and Mason Wake 
um, you'll see different combinations of those guys in the game, similar to what we did last year. With Wake in there at the fullback spot, that pretty much gives you three tight ends, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Mason can play fullback, or he, you know, he does a lot of good things at tight end as well. He's he's tall enough to play tight end, and and um, so he's a versatile guy. We can do a lot of things with those three. When you look at your playbook, and maybe this is what keeps you awake at night, you look at your playbook and you look at the weapons you have, and knock on wood, they're all healthy for the most part as we sit here on Monday of, of opening week. Um, wh where's the decision-making going? It's like, well, I need to get him the ball, or I could go deep to him, or I should, if I roll out, I know he's going to be open, or I could just hand off and run yeah. behind the horses. Yeah, and that's, that's literally <laughs> what we do every week is we think about how we can use our best players to do the things that they do best. And then we look at the opponent we're playing and look for weaknesses and matchups that we can exploit. And um, that's, that's, that's exactly what we do. And I can't wait to do it because we have some good players to work with. Let's talk about Arizona. They went 0-5 last year, gave up uh, 40 points a game, yeah. fired everybody. So it's a whole new staff. In comes Dr. Blitz. Yeah. Uh, hired away from Michigan, the defensive coordinator, Don Brown. Yeah. Um, when you got a nickname, Dr. Blitz, and you're preparing to play that defense, no matter who the personnel is, as the offensive coordinator, what, what stands out? Where do you start? Well, in the coaching profession, Don Brown is a legend. Okay? Everybody, everyone in this business knows who he is and knows about the defenses he's had at you know, from you know his his defenses at Boston College is when I first really noticed him. I know he had some great years before that at Maryland and some other places, but he did a great job at Michigan as well. And we're going to have our hands full. He's a relentless, um, relentless coach, and his teams play with a relentless uh, pursuit of the ball. They they play really really hard, and um, we expect to get their best shot. I watched a news conference with him. He's a fiery guy. Yeah, yeah. He's, I don't know him, uh, <laughs> but I have a lot of respect for him. I really enjoy you know, watching what they do on defense. And, and uh, yeah, he seems like he's got a lot of character, and his team, his team seem to reflect his, his demeanor. He may not have Michigan personnel that he's inherited with this Arizona squad, but you anticipate they'll be good athletes and yeah. they'll come at you full speed. Yeah, I mean, it's Pac-12 team, and they, they've brought in, I think, 18 transfers. So there's a, a bunch of the projected starters on defense are guys that there's one from Notre Dame. They've got a starter from Notre Dame. There's Northwestern, um, a bunch of other teams, good, good, good transfer quality players. I, you know, it's not going to be the same team that, we, that Arizona showed on film last year, and we're not even looking at that. We're, yeah. just, we're just looking at, at uh, Don Brown's defense and expecting there to be 11 good football players on the field. When you do that, um, and we go into a game like this Saturday night, does the first quarter then become the let's see what let's see what it is, um, and and then you make the adjustment from there? Yeah, th there's always some of that in every first game, even even when there hasn't been a coaching change. That you never know for sure if the team's going to do exactly what they did a year ago, but there's more of it in this game for sure because it's a new staff and new personnel, and so um, there will be a feeling out process for sure. Um, but they've got to do some of that with us, too. You know, they can yeah. watch 12 games last year, but, um, you know, we, we, we have the chance to do some new things as well. Including a number three instead of a number one. Yeah, exactly. There will be some different personnel on the field, so we might feature some different things. But um, it's overall 
probably their advantage a little bit in that regard. All right, game face on, ready to go? Yeah, I can't wait. Aaron Ryder, thank you. Yeah, Good to have you here. Excited. A reminder that dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody, from burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality, and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and now open in Harriman. The season premiere of BYU football with Kalani Sataki kicks off tomorrow night. Coach will join Greg Rubel starting at 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain on the BYU TV app and BYUtv.org. You can watch it anywhere in the world, anytime you want, starting tomorrow night. Coming up, we'll get defensive with defensive coordinator Lysa Tuiaki and look at some of his top guns, including linebacker Peyton Wilgar. Coordinator's Corner continues in a moment on BYU TV. Welcome back to the season debut of Coordinator's Corner. I'm Dave McCann, happy to introduce defensive coordinator Lisa Tuiaki. Welcome. To Welcome back. to the big week. It's one of the best weeks of the year, isn't it? It's, it's always exciting. There's a lot of energy in the air, and being able to do this lets you know it's, it's right upon us. Aaron just told us he doesn't sleep all week worrying about the offense. How about you? You, you get your Z's in? I, I actually sleep pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> Is that because of the linebacking core you have that anchors this feel, group? feel really good about the, the personnel and uh, the coaching staff that I've got has done a tremendous job just prepping the kids and camp's been long. It's, there's, there have been a lot of sleepless nights, but as we get closer to it, uh, you know, just starting to feel a little bit more. You know, always going to have jitters. Yeah. Feel a little bit more at ease about it, everything. The buzz I've heard uh, and seen over there is that this defense is going to surprise a lot of people and be better than uh, than what most people think. And I don't know if they think they're not going to be great. It's just that the offense gets so much attention, especially after a year like last year. But but even uh, Kalani's like, hey, pay attention to that defense. Yeah, you know, just just through the time that we've been here, just slow and steady and. And uh, trying to be consistent, but we've we've got a good core of kids that have game experience. Um, you know, the linebacker core that you mentioned is, is uh, you know really really good, and so we've got we've got a lot of, a lot of pieces to fill with the kids that left for the for the NFL, but but we do feel pretty good about the pieces in place. Let's put our spotlight on those linebackers, and, and a guy getting most of the. Uh, prep talk, preseason talk is is Peyton Wilgar, but you got Keenan Peely, Max Tooley, and a handful of others. But Wilgar specifically, what is it about him that has so many people, uh, well, he's caught the attention of so many? Just just a phenomenal ball player, you know, and, and his story, you know, obviously his story is is one that, uh, you know, just touches touches the heart with him coming as a walk-on, with having, having family play here, and and uh, earning his way and, and uh, being where he is now. I mean, but he's, he is a, he's a good ball player. He's really, really headsy. He's one of the smarter kids that we've got and, and uh, just does a really good job. Just a good natural leader as well. When there's a timeout and you're talking to him and you're going to send him back into the huddle to lead the defense, uh, is he a continuation of your mind? He knows exactly what you want to see happen and can go execute it? The, the conversation, and it's, I'm in the box now. I was okay, that's right. Last year, You're up there. And, uh, you know, this year it will end up being uh, uh, Coach Lamb, Kevin Kloon that are down on the field, Coach Gennaro that will be talking with them. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the language is on the same page with the coaches. Uh, the things that he sees, the information that he's able to bring back, and um, it's just, just invaluable to have a player like that. 57 tackles, 29 of them were unassisted. He runs, he catches. He yells, he gathers, he's your, he's your anchor back there. He's, he's a great, great backer to have. And that, that core group, I mean, 
Um, Keenan Peely is another one that just when those two when those two players are in the game, at least when we scrimmaged our offense and when we're doing any kind of crossover stuff, there's a difference when those two are in the game. Peely, 72 tackles, 35 unassisted, and you got Thule and a group of others that fill in that three spot. Thule with his, he's got a lot of speed, finds his way to get to the ball. Uh, and then there are a few others. Jensen has uh, had a, some good games for you last year. That's right. That's right. Ben Bywater's had a really good camp. And, you know, Josh Wilson brings a lot to the table, too. And feel good about the group that's there. And you, you mentioned uh, uh, Max Tooley. I mean, those those three with having uh, three great backups are, are, uh, are in a pretty good spot. There they are right there, ready to go and get after Arizona. All right, last year's nose tackles, the starting nose for the Chicago Bears. So uh, Kyrus Tonga is a big hole to fill, but um, you played so many guys last year on the D-line, and the nature of the games allowed you to do it. It's almost like you had eight or nine, maybe even ten guys that you could put in that group of four, yeah. including Tyler Batty, who had four sacks in four games and then was lost with a high ankle sprain for the rest of the year, but he's back. Yeah, the, yeah, the D-line group. I mean, you you've got to replace uh, you got to replace guys like Bracken Elbakri and Zach Don and Kyrus Stone, as you mentioned. But um, you know, we do have a lot of guys that come back with a little bit of experience. You've got nice Amahe comes back. They didn't play last right. year. He did play the previous year and was was having a, a phenomenal year. Um, and we're excited about him coming back. You got Fautea back. Aiden Haas, you got uh, yeah, Fautea back. Lautea. Earl, Earl Mariner and yeah. uh, Gabe Summers, who we call Gumby, has all uh, come back with experience. And then you've got uh, Lopa, uh, mm -hmm. Uriah Leotawa, and, and uh, Tyler Bad, as you mentioned. Pepe Tarovas is one that we moved down to end. And so there's going to be a lot of experience, guys that we can still rotate, feel good about the depth there. When you, when you have Batty on one end and whether you have uh, Lopa or, um, uh, or uh, to, um, Pepe on the other end, what, what does that change defensively when you have that kind of speed on the ends? It, uh, it, gives, you, uh, it gives you an ability to do, do some things a little bit differently. I mean, our, the, the, the philosophy of the, of, the, uh, of the pass rush for us here has, has always been the same, which is we're, we're never really chasing sacks. We're chasing... Uh, Yards per attempt, which you know you don't you don't think about that when you're when you're defensive lineman, but uh, yards per attempt is what we geek off about over over in the room with the defensive lineman and and uh, you know there's there's been some young guys that have shown up in camp that are going to be contributors. John Nelson and and uh, Blake Mangles Mangleson are two that really come off you know come to mind when you're talking about Tyler Batty uh, type guys. Here are these guys right here. I'm looking at 290, 265, 240. Fautea in at 300. Uh, boy, his big game was against USC a couple of years ago. Yeah. I know he's itching to get back. Yeah, yeah, and he's a lot of guys that bring some experience. And so last year, being a, being a COVID year and being, being free for Batty, at least, and he comes back as a true freshman. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of experience, but. Batty's a little crazy, isn't he? I, I talked to him after practice the other day. He's a, he's a pacing lion. He's proud of it. And, and uh, he reminds me of some of our DNs, at least potentially, where you've got to be, a, there's a different gear to be a successful pass rusher at D-end. And, and I think crazy is, and I mean it in the best of ways, is, is one of those gears where it's just, I'm just going that way. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he, he plays hard, that, that's for sure. I mean, he plays hard. And he is 100 miles an hour every single semester. And he's smiling when he hits you. That's got to bug somebody. You get hit by someone hard who's smiling at you. That's Butch, Butch, Paul used to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Those, those, you'll find a lot of those kind of guys on the defense. This group up front, then their job, and you always want more sacks. You always want pressure on the quarterback. But you want to stop the run. 
And if they can do that, then those three linebackers we talked about a moment ago, can, they can have a field day, can't they? It certainly can. Uh, you know, that's, that's uh, something that's very important to me as a defensive line coach, as a front guy, that um, you, you've got you've to make, make the offense earn everything. And if you're a defensive lineman and, and uh, you're, you're getting blocked by one guy, and, the, and the, the combinations are going up to the linebackers and they're getting blocked, you're just not doing your job. And so we've got to, we talk about in our room, you've got to take two guys and clear the linebackers up, or if one guy's blocking, you've got to make the play. And so our guys take pride in trying to keep those backers free. Um, you know, talking to the backers just through camp, they're really excited about the front taking care of their business and allowing them to roam. This front, as we sit on Monday, is healthy. Maybe as healthy as we've had a front come through fall camp heading into a regular season opener. So for the rest of the week, are they, are they in bubble wrap with the linemen, or what, what do you do contact-wise between now and, and the first quarter Saturday night? We've got to keep prepping. You know, we've got to keep prepping, obviously. We've got to start bringing their legs back, but um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, uh, to just put them in helmets and practice without making contact and then, and then miss a couple days and then play. I mean, yeah. so I'm a big believer in just in, in trying to give them a little bit of uh, physical activity, making sure that it's, uh, you know, the skills are still up. You know, every skill that you do, especially at the defensive line, it's, it's a perishable skill. And so you start going in no pads and you start just kind of using hands and moving feet. And all of a sudden you go to the game, you're getting blown up, you meet. And so we gotta, we gotta stay, we gotta stay in tune. We gotta stay tuned up uh, to playing, but we gotta just keep a balance of keeping those guys healthy and getting them to the game. And done a good job so far, and, and uh, we're excited to get to the game with all those guys. It's been a long off season, and let me remind you to join BYU Radio for Cougar pregame live. Jason Shepard in studio, Greg Rubel in Las Vegas. They'll get you ready for the Cougars and Wildcats from Allegiant Stadium. Coverage begins Saturday night at 8:30 Eastern Time on BYU Radio. Coming up, we'll look at who's holding down the corners in BYU's defensive secondary and how the Cougars are game planning for Arizona's brand new offense. You're in the coordinator's corner, presented by JCW's The Burger Boys. They're gonna let him throw. Steps up, climbs, tucks, takes off. Oh, fumble forced, and the Cougars have it! BYU recovers at the 34-yard line. Welcome back to the Coordinator's Corner. I'm Dave McCann with Defensive Coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. Tonga, you saw there, caused that fumble. Fred Warner, Kyle Van Noy, Daniel Sorensen, Michael Davis, all defensive starters in the NFL. What does that say about the defensive side of your locker room? Good players. There will be good players. I know the, the NFL scouts that have come through in the last month have all, uh, have all echoed the same thing. I mean, they're, they're impressed with the, the look of the team. I think there's always... The, the eyeball test, um, you know, for NFL scouts, and uh, they've all mentioned that our team looks right. When you see a guy like Fred Warner, who may be the best linebacker in the game, and he's getting paid like it uh, starting this year with the 49ers, and such a proud BYU guy, uh, when you go recruiting players, um, it, it, that must speak volumes with, hey, come here and we can develop you, and if you got special talents, you can be this. For sure, for sure. I mean, there's starting to being able to name players that are in the NFL and use that for recruiting. I mean, I don't know that um, when I first got here and, and for a while, that was kind of one of the things that a lot of people used against us in recruiting. Yeah. And so, um, you know, having, having so many players in the NFL is, has been great for us and, and just shows that Kalani's formula is going to be going to be fine for the next, next upcoming. And what does it mean to the current group? We'll talk about the corners here. and We talked about the D-line linebackers a moment ago. Uh, when they see a teammate uh, play that is in the show 
and, and they know the road to get there. Yeah, yeah, they know it's, those guys all aspire to be, to be who their teammates are, are right now in the NFL. And, um, you know, sometimes when you're coming up as a young boy and you start playing in college, it just seems like that's such a far-fetched dream. It's just so far away. But, uh, you know, a lot of the guys on the team now, they're, they're, they're guys that played with Fred and know, and they know how, um, how close that is in, in, into their reach for them to reach that goal. And it's interesting as we watch Fred, we knew he was good. Um, but you just don't know if someone's going to be great. Steve Young was a really good quarterback, and then he became a Super Bowl champion. Um, it's, but the evolution of their talent that, that starts in high school but is, is maximized here at BYU, and then they go and take it to the next level is fun to watch. It's so fun to watch. So fun to watch and see them be successful and, and uh, go about doing their things, you know. You've got some corners that have potential at the next level. And let's talk about some of these guys. And there's a whole lot of them. Let me just drop some names. You've got D'Angelo Mandel, Keenan Ellis, Isaiah Heron, Caleb Hayes, a transfer from Oregon State, Shimon Willis. And we'll talk about the nickel in a moment. But these are just the guys on the corners. We had a light go out. Sorry about that. These are the guys on the corners. What big skill set here. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since we've had this kind of depth at corner. Um, you know, really excited about uh, being able to rotate those guys through, keep them healthy, and and uh, you know, if you've got you've got corners that can play, uh, you've got a chance to be pretty good on defense. What makes a good corner? The size, the speed, the intelligence. What do you look for? Combination of both. You know, obviously, if you can have all all three of those things, that'll be a big plus. But if you can uh, if you can play man, if you can play man-to-man -man coverage with a corner, uh, that's a big plus for your defense. There's so many times in a game where you feel like you want to be a little bit more challenging in the coverage that you're in and sometimes zones just don't cut it and uh, you know when you've got those guys you can play it. Years ago uh, it seemed like zone is all we played and that's all because we, we, we could not we did not have the guys to go man we would have some but maybe not a, a full group but this this is not that group you can go man the whole game can you if you want. You can, you can, certainly, and that's, that's kind of been the difference with uh, the previous years where you kind of pick and choose the, 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 the times that you're in it. You don't want to be sitting in it so that you're not getting picked on, but, um, you know, right now we feel pretty good about just being able to call a game without thinking about personnel. You know, a lot of times in the, in the past that was, that was part of the decision-making was, um, you know, how much man have we played? Is this the right situation? Are we going to give something big up? And, you know, there's so many things that go into to making, uh, making a decision about what to call um, that you want to make sure that you aren't blowing the game and giving up tons of points just because you're thinking you're going to stay in man. And so it's, it's been great in, in this fall camp to be able to, to just call a game without any kind of thoughts, personnel, and, and who's out there and playing. Heard a lot about Caleb Hayes' transfer from Oregon State. How's he settling in? Caleb's doing a really good job. Caleb and Jacob Robinson have both done a phenomenal job. Um, and uh, really excited to have them. They're certainly added a lot of depth as well as competition to the group. When you put in your nickel package, and, and explain what a nickel package is for someone who might say that's five cents, but that's going to bring in a Caleb Christensen or, or, a, or a Jacob Robinson or Jacob Bourne who's had a good camp. But when will we see those guys in your philosophy? It, it just depends on the, the – it's really everything defensively is about matchup. And so if an offensive – if the offense rolls out one side end with three receivers and – um, you don't have a, a nickel corner that's covering that guy, then there's not a lot of man that you can play. If you are playing man, it's got to be a safety that's a little bit more, uh, you know, a corner slash safety. And so we did that a lot in the first two years that we were here where we played a lot of man with the safety. Yeah. Um, but, uh, 
you know, now you feel pretty good about an offense coming out and 11 personnel and us coming out and nickel and being able to play man and mix in the zones and the pressures and all that stuff. We'll talk about the safeties with Ed Lamb here in just a moment. Let's look at the defense from last year and the defensive numbers, which were, were very impressive against the team you played. And, and maybe there's a knock on the team you played. We talked with Aaron Roderick about that little chip on the shoulder of this team. Uh, not happy with how people have looked at the schedule and said, well, you went 11-1 because you played those guys. They went 11-1 because they played really good football and on the defensive side. Especially, yeah, it was uh, it was it was just a great year in all phases, you know, with uh, with special teams, offense and defense, I and mean, I think the team, the team played well. Um, you know, obviously a lot easier to keep points off the board when when our offense is scoring and it changes the way that the opponent offense is is uh, trying to keep up. It, it changes the way that we play and it just allows for more opportunity for us for takeaways as as well as just stops and things like that. Look at these numbers here. Where, where do you want to be better at this year? Is it is it forcing turnovers? Is that the the, the goal of this defense or, or or where do you build off from 2020? Always always points per game. That's that's the one stat that's going to affect the game more than anything else. Then obviously everything else uh, is important. I mean, they're all equally important to stop the run, to get takeaways, to third down defense, the fourth down defense. I mean, they're all really important, but um, everything has got to be about points off, the, keeping points off the board. You can give up 500 yards and, and holding zero points, I'd, I'd be pretty happy with that. Arizona averaged 17 points a game last year. Um, whole new staff, whole new philosophy. They'll play two freshman quarterbacks in the game on Saturday. How do you prepare for a mystery? So to speak. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's difficult. You've got to have your contingency plans. Um, you know, I think that we've, uh, we've we've talked through all the different scenarios that we think we could see, and just you know, even really with with the the staff being being new. I mean, it's which film which film do you game plan for? You right. know, it's go back to UCLA 2017 when the head coach was a coordinator. There's a, you know some Seahawks stuff that the current coordinator comes from. There's Arizona uh, or really UCLA stuff last year where, where their uh, quarterbacks coach uh, pass game coordinator comes from. There's just so many things and so having contingency plans just for every scheme that we're going to see as well as different types of quarterbacks. I mean the two that they named that are going to be playing are similar. You yeah. know, a little different but similar. Uh, the third one that they didn't name that, that you know that just um, has, has a different skill set, and we've got to make sure that we're ready for him, too. That first quarter, your staff will be making a quick study on, on what hand you've been dealt. Is, oh, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, and then you adjust? Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, it's going to be chaos on the headset while we're trying to <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on and get settled in. Listen, there's chaos in Vegas all the time. You'll fit right in on Saturday night. Elisa Tuiaki, thank you. Coming up, we remind you, Countdown to Kickoff will be live in Las Vegas Saturday night with a two-hour special leading up to the Cougars and Wildcats. Our coverage from Allegiant Stadium starts at 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain on BY. TV. The game's at 10.30 Eastern, 8.30 Mountain, and live post-game coverage right back on BYU TV as soon as ESPN is done with their coverage. It's all Saturday night. When we return, any special teams coach will get a kick out of another year with Jake Oldroyd. We'll ask Ed Lamb if he's the best kicker in the country. You're in the coordinator's corner, presented by JCW's, the Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner is brought to you in part by JCW's, The Burger Boys, BYU Food To Go, the MVP of your next event, and by Siegfried & Jensen, serving Utah families for over 30 years.
Welcome back to the season premiere of Coordinator's Corner. I'm Dave McCann. Ed Lambs, the assistant head coach, who also works with the safeties and special teams with Gavin Fowler. Safeties is the last line of defense, right? And you've got a handful of guys. You only get to start two on Saturday. Uh, have you picked them out? Do you, you know the two you're going to go with, or is it still a group of four or five? Well, we've got a good group that, that I like, but um, since really since spring practice, uh, Malik Moore, Chaz Ayu, they've, they've been uh, the most experienced and they've held on to the job. So they'll, they'll definitely be out there on the first play and, and have every opportunity to play as much as possible. I think those, I'm really excited about what they bring and, and I like our depth too. We haven't seen Chaz since the first game last year uh, back at Navy where he got hurt. I know he's been itching to get back. We've watched him. Uh, at, at practice, where is he at physically? And uh, when you miss so many games, um, what is that like coming back? What do you expect out of him? I think it's different for every player. And, and Chaz, as a young player without a lot of a co uh, college experience, he he made plays. And and oftentimes, you know, on the on what we would call like the margins of the scheme. I think there are certain times where you you coach a player to be in the right position. You feel good about that. And and Chaz is one of those guys that he he'll stay within the scheme, but he'll also he has great instincts and and knows how to get to the ball. And he's done that before. We expect him to do it again. Malik's good. Look good, as you mentioned. There's Hayden Livingston. There's uh, Jared Capisi, Mitchell Price, Ethan Slade, and Ammon Hanneman. So you've got a full stable back there. Yeah, those guys have all had a, had a nice camp. Ammon Hanneman uh, might be the most improved, or sometimes you know we have to leave open the idea that as coaches, just um, the guy that we underestimated. But I think he'll, he'll play a lot this season and play well for us. Sophomore kicker Jake Oldroyd's back. He went 13 for 13 last year. Runner-up for the Lou Groza Award, which is the best kicker in the country. Uh, he's a year wiser. Uh, he's engaged now, so he's got that figured out and, uh, and ready to kick. Uh, as a special teams coordinator, is there anything better than a returning kicker that didn't miss the previous season? That, that's pretty special. You know, I think there, it adds a little bit of pressure on, on every field goal now, but it's no, it's no more pressure than he would always put on himself. And so we hope and keep, keep his uh, streak alive as long as possible. How do you do that? Now, you mentioned it. he wasn't perfect because he was 60 of 62 kicking the extra points, but he made three field goals 50 yards or longer, which made up for that. But how have you worked to keep his focus? Well, I mean, he understands. He's missed field goals before, and, and if he plays as long as we think he can play this game and, and professionally, et cetera, then he's, he's going to miss them again. And so we, we make his practice as competitive as possible every day, and, and there's misses in there, and we work on how to deal with that and how to come back and hit the next one. Ryan Rico, the punter, he's back, ready to go. He was frustrated last year a little bit because he didn't get a punt very much. He had a 28 punts the year before, 53 for the team. Right. This didn't punt very much, but when the, given the chance, he's got a big leg. He sure does. Yeah, he's, he's just like Jake in that they're both national award candidates and, and have been recognized for that. And, you know, he's got to get enough punts to qualify. There's a minimum number of punts. And so we'll, we'll see how that goes. He's, he's as happy as anybody when he doesn't have to punt. <laughs> and I imagine you are, too. It's a first down or a touchdown. The whole team. The punter can wait his time. Coming up, we're going to take a look at the road ahead with one big game after another on BYU's schedule. You're in the coordinator's corner presented by JCW's, the Burger Boys. Corner, Dave McCann with assistant head coach Ed Lamb. Let us uh, look at the season ahead. You guys have put together a nice schedule. Start with Arizona Saturday night in Las Vegas, and then it's just one hit after the other. And I know coaches just take one game at a time, 
but we're going to put the schedule up for you and look at the 12 games that uh, that are in line for BYU with Arizona and then you come home for a little bit but how big of a deal is it to go on the road and fill a road venue for a game against the Wildcats to start it off Saturday. You know, we've had that twice. This will be our third time since, you know, since we came in with Kalani, those of us that did. Third time opening with Arizona and, and uh, twice at a neutral site. And um, hopefully this will be the second time in that neutral site where we, we outnumber them in terms of fan support. I don't think that's any, any doubt on that one. And then you finish in the L.A. Coliseum with USC to bookend a, a really solid schedule. I know the guys are excited about it. Absolutely. For the whole schedule, great work by Tom to put that schedule together. And, uh, very competitive. Coach, thank you, and we thank you for watching. We remind you, you can see this show anytime, anywhere on the BYU TV app for Ed Lamb, Elisa Tuiaki, and Aaron Roderick. And all of us at BYU TV Sports, I'm Dave McCann. Greg Rebell will be back hosting the show next week. Thanks for watching.